0: The success doesn't come because you're really better than everyone else or smarter or somehow have better ideas. I think it's that I'm able to pivot very quickly or I just am able to be like, okay, well, this isn't working. Nobody's responding to this and now pivot.
1: Hi friends, I hope you guys are doing great and enjoying these last days of summer. Oh my God, I can't believe it's already September. Today is such a fun episode. I got to chat with the amazing Kelty Knight. You might've seen her on TV covering red carpets, interviewing celebs on E! News, or heard her on her hugely popular podcast, Lady Gang, or read her New York Times bestselling book. She has literally done so much. And that is why I was so excited to talk to her because I wanted to find out how she's reinvented herself throughout her career over and over again and pivoted into so many interesting paths. And this was selfishly a very helpful episode for me that came at a crucial point in my career because I've been at a real crossroads about which path I wanna take and how to move forward. And it can just be easy to feel trapped in one lane or that you have to only hone in on one thing if you really want to be successful. But talking to Kelty really helped me see that choosing something now doesn't mean that you're resigned to that one thing forever. Everything you do is cumulative action towards where you want to end up. And sometimes you're, you're not even dreaming yet of where you want to end up. It's not even on your radar. Things change so much. And when we can allow ourselves to evolve and let our dreams evolve, I feel like that's where... The magic really happens and I'm still working on that. I still get really stuck on specific dreams and have trouble letting them go. And I know I was really feeling like I have to just tackle one project at a time from now on because I usually am doing way too much at once. But Kelty really illuminated how productive it is to have many irons in the fire and that it can actually be better to diversify and pursue multiple things at once. And if something falls through, you always have other things going on. So if you're really torn right now between which path to take or how to change and pivot in your career, or if you have a side hustle and, you know, a nine to five job, whatever your situation is, just know you can do multiple things at once and you can change your mind at any time. And when things don't feel right, you can fucking jump to the next thing. You're not stuck, even when you feel stuck, because I've been feeling hella stuck. And I've pivoted a lot already. In my career from working in magazines and journalism to film marketing working in apps and femtech and then social media management and of course podcasting and it can feel very scattered and unfocused some days but i just i just keep trying to remind myself that life is long we can do so many things and each thing that we do is a stepping stone to the next if we are intentional about it and if we allow ourselves to grow into each new thing that we do but I am still figuring this shit out, clearly, and I am not the expert. So, I called in Kelty Knight, who has had such a legendary career in so many fields already. Kelty is a three-time Emmy Award-winning television personality, podcast host, New York Times bestselling author, and former professional dancer. She started her career as a dancer and danced in the Radio City Rockettes, which is very epic for teams including the knicks in music videos for musicians like john legend she's been a backup dancer for beyonce and taylor swift no big deal then she pivoted into television as a host working on entertainment tonight and e-news covering huge events like the grammy's red carpet she's also the co-host and creator of one of the top 100 podcasts in the world the lady gang podcast which is previously one podcast of the year they also transformed that into a tv show and into a New York Times bestselling book, Act Like a Lady. This is a masterclass in how your career can evolve. And now she has just launched her new CBS primetime show, Superfan, for which she is the creator, executive producer, and host. I just cannot wait to see what she does next. Teach us how to pivot and reinvent our careers, Kelty. We are so excited to have you on the show today. We are such big fans. You're just so cool. You do so many things, and we are oh really excited to pick your brain on the thousands of lives that it feels like you've already lived. Like You've done so much in your career, professional dancer, television host, podcaster, best-selling author, and now you are the creator, host, executive producer of your own show, Super Fan. And we would love to know what the key is to reinventing yourself and really leaning into all of those career pivots
0: my god such a good question I'm so so excited to be here and chat with you today I love this and I feel like I probably would have made better decisions in my life if podcasts like yours had been around to listen to you're doing okay um, you're doing okay kind of coming up but you know I think reinvention is it's it's directly tied to rejection which is kind of like a, a sad way to start but I think that it, it comes out of necessity. The success doesn't come because you're really better than everyone else or smarter or somehow better, have better ideas. I think it's that I'm able to pivot very quickly. Yeah. I don't get so attached to these ideas or thoughts or like what I thought my life was supposed to look like mm-hmm. that I just am able to be like, okay, well, this isn't working. Nobody's responding to this and now pivot and pivot and pivot. And so the oodles and oodles and oodles of amazing things that have happened are only trumped by way more rejection. And so when I get rejected and something's not working, instead of sitting in it and being sad or trying to, you know, make something work that's clearly not working, I just pick something new and go for that. And I think that really helps.
1: You just said so many amazing things. First of all, not being attached to like an idea of who you are and what you're gonna be is huge because especially with these pursuits that you've had, I'm sure so much of your identity is wrapped up in it. Like when you're a dancer, when you're a, a TV personality, like all of these things that you do, they can heavily become like who you are. So that ability to just kind of like release and go with the flow is probably the, the biggest life hack. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's definitely difficult. I mean, I I definitely have done so much therapy trying to separate the outcomes of things versus like my worth in the world yes. because, you know, when you're a workaholic like me, you you get so wrapped up in well, if this thing's a success, then I'm a success, then I'm a good person, then my life means something. And, you know, somewhere along the line we have to separate those things, but I think not being super attached to like I am going to make, you know, uh, for Lady Gang is a great example. So my podcast, Lady Gang, a few years ago, I'm a big journaler. I love pens and journaling and like. A- a paper source or like a pen section of staples or whatever is like back to school shopping as a forty year old like it's yes. my favorite thing. Like <laughs> I just love all of those little things, and so I convinced the girls and I was like, we have to make journals and pens and like pen cases and all that stuff. Like, trust me, the Kelties will want it. And we're like, <laughs> okay. So we worked for months, did all this research, found a warehouse, designed our pens, all this stuff. And I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. And when we released them it literally hit the internet like a thud. It was like, no, Kelty is Crickets. actually the only person on the planet that wants a pen. And it sucked. And I we invested so much money and it was like everything. And I was like, I just want to make journals and this would be so fun and they could be inspirational and whatever. And it just like bombed, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so instead, I can still love that part of me and doing that and being that, but like maybe it's not the best business decision so separating those two things is like sometimes kind of hard and you know on the LadyGain.com right now we still have some journals available for sale three years later shockingly I'm go I can't get believe it what the hell guys <laughs> they're so cute anyway
1: I love a good journal I've just started doing morning pages and I'm like this is this is important shit I need to write with yeah. a pen every morning and I need to stick to it so I, I love, love that
0: it. I know it's so hard to stick to
1: Let's talk about the rejection piece as well, because rejection, you know, like when you have come to terms with your own idea of your success and failure and what that all means, that's one thing. But then when you're, especially with getting a show made, when you're constantly hearing Mm -hmm. no, when your ideas are constantly being shot down, rejected, that's really hard, no matter what business or industry or part of your life you're in. I think that stops a lot of us from like swinging big, that fear Mm -hmm. of rejection. How did you really conquer that or how do you move through that as it happens?
0: I I think that the idea of getting over the rejection has a lot to do with delusion. Mm. And I'm like all about being like just 50% delusional at all times. And so, you know, I, I, I always go back to this Brene Brown quote. I was actually thinking about it yesterday. Um, last night before I kind of started the week where she talks about, I don't know the exact quote, but she talks about like, if you're not in the arena with me getting your ass kicked, then I like don't want your opinion. Yes. And I'm going through that right now. We we just launched Superfan. We're a couple weeks in and there's some like amazing things that have come out of it. And then there's, of course, there's things that are not going our way and yeah. that are not doing what I hoped they'd do. And so it's a balance of everyone being like, oh my God, you're crushing it. And then one guy on the internet being like, what a disappointment this show is you know and yeah. i'm like well ron from <laughs> TVSpoilers.com <laughs> or whatever the hell your website is like you you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked with me right now yeah. and so put these things out and you try to make them as perfect as possible nothing's ever perfect nothing's exactly the way you envisioned it and so with the rejection like i try to compartmentalize where that where the people that are rejecting me or not liking me are coming from Mm. Um, and then also realizing like i i am not for everyone and that's also okay we live in this culture that is very like niche it's very um everyone gets to find their little Corner of the world yeah. and exist in that. And so no longer to be successful, do you have to be everything to everyone? Yes. And everyone like you. There, like there's there's no other Kelly Clarksons in the world no. right now. You know, like so we get to just live in our little, my little female creating podcasting, trying to keep going, motivational quote, loving, yes, um, nerd, reading, reading girl, doesn't want to leave her house, just wants to work, kind of vibe. Like, and if you're that vibe, You might follow along and be a part of my journey with me. And then what am I gonna do next? There's always a backup plan. I was going, sorry, I'm like going on, but no. um, I was talking to my therapist before Superfan launched, and I was like, okay, I gotta get myself set up here because life's gonna go two ways, and I need to be okay with both ways. And that Mm -hmm. was so important to me. I was like, okay, either Superfan is an instant hit. It, like, comes like a train. They order a second season after the first episode airs, and, like, I'm deep in that, and that's what the next year of my life looks like. Or it does okay, and I'm back at E! News and go-go-go, like, whatever those things are, but I had to wrap my head around both. And I think it's great to be delusional and be like, oh my God, my life's going to change. I'm going to come Margot Robbie and it's going to be the most successful thing on the whole planet. But it's also kind of good to plan for like the B side.
1: Yeah, 50-50, 50% delusion, 50-50. 50% planning. I fucking love that. I'm going to implement that starting now because all of the the critic, your like internal critic can really get in the way. So that 50% of just like sheer belief, I think that's key to keep going. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and it like... In order to be successful, you don't have to be the most successful person on the planet. You can just be successful. Yeah. Like, and that's enough. So.
1: A hundred percent. I've been doing some like heavy work on like reprogramming my ideas of success lately. Because I'm like, whose ideas are these? These aren't mine. And I need to just redefine what that means for me. And it could be totally different. And it could be based on like joy and fulfillment and pursuit of passion and not necessarily on like being the best or following a, a trajectory that is you know, typical in society. And it's a whole shitload of work <laughs> to, to get your it's head around. It's a lot it. of
0: work. And it's really hard because of like, because of the internet, yeah. Um, it's really hard because you look around and I was having this conversation with Jacqueline Johnson, who hosts the work party podcast yeah, last it. week. And I went on her podcast and, and I was like, you know, you look around and you're like, wow, these internet girls, like the it girls of the moment on the internet, right? You're like Alex Earl and yeah. Tinks and yeah, whoever yeah. it was before that. And, And I was like, I've always been a lukewarm lady. (laughs) Like I've never been an it girl. I've never been the hottest thing where like every brand is throwing themselves at me being like, we want to work with Kelty. It's always been a hustle. It's always been the underdog. Mm -hmm. But like I've been around now, you know, in the television world for like 15 years and I'm lukewarm. Like, I'm like, I'm, I've been consistently working, consistently taking home a paycheck, consistently getting great brand deals and having amazing brand partners, consistently creating and putting things out. Am I invited to the Louis Vuitton show in Paris? No. Would I like to be? Sure, but like I'm a lukewarm lady. You know, I I get jealous and I compare myself to other people on the internet. I'm like, oh, wow, it'd be so much cooler if I could get like a People magazine spread or something, and I'd be so much cooler. But the truth is, like, I'm consistently working in Hollywood, which is one of the toughest businesses on the planet. And so I have to be happy with that. And I have to be happy that I'm not a flash in the pan because my time would have come and gone already.
1: Oh my God, yeah. And then you can get so pigeonholed into one thing when you're just like one moment in time. You blow up and then you're not allowed to even do anything else but you've done so many things so i think i think lukewarm lady is what we should be aiming for i think that's your next merch right? line get that on a t-shirt a
0: little lukewarm lady get that on I a journal lukewarm ladies
1: that's it i love it <laughs> i love it <laughs> so how much of all of these career shifts that you've gone through have been about like following a plan with you know your goals and your dreams kind of laid out ahead of you versus just being flexible and saying yes to opportunities like how much have you engineered, and how much is just letting things fall into place when they Such come your a good way? Question.
0: I made it. I made a conscious effort to move from being a professional dancer to being a television host, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what that meant. So I got a, di- a couple digital jobs, and then when I was hosting at CBS digitally, then I got kept moving up. And then th- at that moment in my career, I was very focused on. I want to be on television, you know? So it was like, I was laser focused to watching everyone around me, all the correspondents, everyone on TV, what they were doing, how they were doing, you know, no one wanted to hand me shoots on television. So I would go and pitch like 35 stories a week and just be like, Hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then the boss would be like, Oh, well, that's a great idea. You should go shoot that. And that's how I got myself on TV. So I hustled myself, you know, no one was like, we want to hire you. I was just like, well, if you want to do this story, I have the end. you have to put me on, on it, wow, on the story. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that was very, um, on purpose. And then ever since then, it's kind of been like these moments of what I call like genius come where it's like, we started lady gang kind of out of necessity. I was like, Oh, I'd like to own something. And I had no idea that like a decade later I would still be podcasting. And that podcast would sort have of launched merch and, and yeah. books and tours and things like that. Like super fan. I actually Developed it and registered the idea for it in 2013. Wow. So it's been something that I've been working on for over a decade. Yeah. And it was, it's one of those things where it was very intentional. It was a dream show. Um, I'd been thinking about it for a long time. I'd been working on it. i have been creating it. But it was out of necessity because I actually had a contract negotiation gone sour with a job and left that long time job that I had. And I was like, well, shit, I need to be back on TV. What am I going to do? I'm like, well, it's time for Superfan. Maybe your own opportunity. So, you know, it was kind of out out of a necessity. It wasn't like I was doing a million things. I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do next? Mm. I I want to be on television. I'm going to have to create my own job because no, I'm literally on no one's list. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's like 50, 50. Sometimes you just follow, you know, the path of what's coming to you. Mm. But a lot of times to be straight up with you, it's chasing the money, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this isn't like, fun business it's show business (laughs) and my business is being on television and creating isn't getting paid for that and I would like to sit in my yard and play fetch with my dog and eat a charcuterie plate rather than work so you know like let's make money while we're doing it it's not just like for a hobby and so figuring out where the money was and 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 sort of pivoting to make that money and get that money for me and my companies has been important too
1: wow That is amazing. I also was reading or listening to something that you were on about how you kind of like reverse engineered how you structured Lady Gang in order to make it kind of sellable as a show as well, which is so smart. Because even if you're not doing right now exactly what it is that you thought you wanted to do, you can still Mm -hmm. be building towards that thing constantly. So I just have like mad respect for that.
0: Yeah, thank you. And nobody wants to get in business with an idea. People Mm want to get in business with success. Mm -hmm. And it's lame, because you're like, oh, well, people should want like see the creativity and be like, this could be huge. But the truth is, like, people didn't weren't that excited about me starting a podcast. A Becca Tobin, my podcast partner, she was like on glee and was an actress, and her whole team was like, You're gonna do a what? A podcast? What are you? So lame. And she was like, Yeah, I am. And then every single celebrity started a podcast after that, you know?
1: A hundred percent.
0: Sometimes you just have to do the thing and it's not
1: exactly
0: like you're saying, it's not exactly what you want it to be, but you're like, This will this step will take me to the next step. And I still yeah. feel like that. I'm like in my forties you know, a creator of a primetime series. And I'm still like, well, this could get me to the next thing. And people are like, isn't this never going to be enough? I'm like, no, probably not. Like, I'm just going to drive myself crazy for the rest of my life trying (laughs) to like get to the next thing.
1: So how do you know when it's time to move on to a new project or like pivot into a new era of your career? Is it like a feeling? Is it a sign? Is it the money? Like, how have you followed that kind of gut intuition?
0: Yeah, so I like to. There's a Steve Harvey book where he talks about, you know, if you, you got to have five jobs at every every moment, mm-hmm. so that when you get fired from one, you don't notice. And I'm like a big person of that. Like I like to have a lot going on because the rejection does come, and I would hate it. Like, you know, even with Superfan, like if I had pitched the show and, you know, spent five years developing it and then pitched it and then maybe got through the development phase and then they didn't pick it up or greenlight mm-hmm. it. And that's all I had. That would be devastating. Yeah, I would never get out of bed again. Yeah. But the fact that I'm like, well, oh no, poor me, my show, blah, blah, blah. I'll just go work at E! News. And then like, I'll just go on my top podcast and I'll just, you know, like look at my New York Times book sitting on the bookshelf. Like, so I think having a lot going on, you don't get so attached to each thing as if it's like the be all, end all. Mm. And then it's just, it's a sense, you know, a a sense of growth. I always feel like you got to be happy in what you're doing. I think you want to be making the money that makes sense for the amount of time that you're investing into it. You know, for the first few years we had Lady Gang, we made no money. And, but it, felt like something was happening. Yeah, like you could feel we feel the momentum, and we were getting, yeah, there was momentum and we we're like, something's happening here. So it felt like, okay, the money's not bred right there, but the momentum's there. Um, so I think momentum or money or one of those two things at all times is important. Mm. There's certainly jobs that I do that are just, you know, not a cash grab. I care about everything I do, but there's certain things that we do and I do that are just like, it's a payday, yeah. you know, and it makes it possible for me then to be creative in other outlets that are making me no money right now. So, you know, I think it's it's a mix of both. It is hard to know. And I think people hang on to their things because it's their passion or they've invested all this time for longer than they need to.
1: 100 percent. The lack of attachment. That's so helpful.
0: I think a lot of times people get in trouble, too, when they they spend so much time on the setup. Mm. It's like. You want to start, whether it's like your, your company or your Etsy store, you're going to like Facebook marketplace, flip furniture, whatever the thing you're going to do. And then people like really on the front end, think it through so thoroughly and then have the website and the social media and like have to have everything perfect before they launch. And then they launch and they're like, well, I've already invested like months and months and months of time. So if it's flopping, you're like hanging on for dear life because you've done so much work. Yes, I'm the opposite. I like a messy start. Yeah, I like kind of like get in there, throw it out, throw out the idea, see what the reaction is. And then like, if it's hooks, then like continue to build it out. For the most part, we don't do like a year of front loading before the idea comes to fruition. We're like, let's, Put it out there. Let's see what happens and go. Superfan's different. Superfan I've been working on for like a decade and definitely did years and years and years of like clipping yeah. social media clips for it. Like it's been so much work, which is why it's like means so much more. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, take my own advice. Don't front load too much.
1: But I like that take. I feel like that's the opposite of what we're so often told, which is like make sure like launch as if it's going to be the biggest thing ever, have like everything in order. But then you're right. We get like so attached and there's this like... All of this time and effort you've sunk into something that it's hard to let it go or it's hard to see that there's a pivot ahead
0: and then investment of your money yeah just go just start like literally for lady gang we made a logo on in photoshop and we took some pictures and we recorded a podcast yes, like we had no idea that we, we would now need workers compensation insurance and blah 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 <laughs> but you know just start
1: The world also, I feel, really likes to categorize people, put them in a box, and like, you're the on-air talent, so we got to stay in that lane, or like, you're the numbers person, so you can't have creative ideas, but you really Mm -hmm. do wear literally all of the hats in what you do, and especially Mm -hmm. with all of the roles that you've had in creating and producing and hosting Superfan. So I would love to know how you've gone about, like, defying those labels and pushing back against those constraints.
0: I have always felt like I am... Uh, a creator first Mm -hmm. um television personality radio personality like all that stuff second because it's been out of necessity everything that I've had as far as like success in the Hollywood world has been something that I've created like I got into CBS because I created my show fangirl and then got moved up um And this is not without amazing mentors and a lot of help and all of that, of course. But everything that's like the podcast is successful, we created that. Like Superfan is a show that I created out of my brain. Like I was like, I want to do this fan show because I'm a music nerd and I had this other show fan. So I feel like I'm a creator first, but people may not see that. And I think where you get in trouble is like you go into meetings and stuff and you're just this like girl and you're like. Well, I can do this. Like, it's again, it goes back to the delusion of like, oh, well, you can make a primetime television show. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I'm like Elwoods at Harvard. Like, what? Like, it's hard. (laughs) Like, you know, people do want to put you in these categories of like, oh, you're just this TV host in this dress and you can't actually have been good at branding or logos or social media or any of those things so I like to surprise people Mm -hmm. and the truth is in order to be successful you have to be good at all those things like I don't like a small detail like I'm a big big picture person but like you know, I'm figuring out the Google Sheets. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing Dropbox. You're like the I weeds. figured it out yeah. enough. I hate that stuff so much. I've convinced myself like I can't be like a small details oriented person. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. Like I don't want to be that person, but like you will if you need to. Yeah. You'll just do what you need to do to make it a success.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Which of those many hats that you wear do you feel is like the most valuable and important to your life in this next chapter you're heading into?
0: I'm really torn, to be honest with you. I'm torn because, like, I always call my, like, television personality hat my showgirl hat. Like, I love to be a showgirl, and then, like, my producer hat, and I know that I'm getting older, and I'm supposed to, like, be enjoying my producer hat or be more focused on that because, like, it's... Probably getting to a season of my life where I'll like be producing more and be behind the scenes and not on camera. But like, I just can't let go of that showgirl. Like, I, you know, I like love the dress up and the being at an event and, you know, being in front of the camera. Like, phew, can't let go of that showgirl. I still love her. Nor should
1: you. That's, that is, Ugh. that's who you are. I feel like in every chapter, you can continue to be your showgirl self. Uh,
0: I know.
1: I know. I do love it. As a multi, Hyphenate multi creative person. How do you stay focused and on track with your pursuits when you have so many interests and talents and projects on the go? I feel like I really struggle with that. <laughs> and there's so many things I want to yeah. do. And then it, be- it can become like paralyzing and hard to follow through with everything.
0: Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to tell you my Sunday night ritual. This is like actual work that people can do. So I, on Sunday nights, make a cup of tea every Sunday at like eight o'clock. And I, do my to-do list and I write everything down and I section my to-do list by companies. Hmm. So instead of just having a massive to-do list, I break things down. Like Lady Gang has its own to-do list. Yacht Money, which is my production company that produces Superfan, has its own to-do list. There's a KK list, which is just like stuff I need to do for myself. Like follow up on my mammogram, like get my global entry, like that kind of stuff. And then I have a house list. Mm-hmm. And then at various times, like if I'm working on a book or whatever, like it'll get its own list too. And then I think filling out the to-do list based on each of your different hats that you're wearing is so helpful yeah. because it's less overwhelming. Yeah. And then the other thing that I do is I I prefer to batch work. So I like to like block off days or times where I'm like, okay, today is just a super fan day because, yeah. you know, it's Wednesday, the show's airing, you know, tonight or whatever it is. And I'll be like, okay, from 10 to two, this is just a yacht money or a super fan time. Um, so I'll book all my Zooms and all my times to be like in that mode Mm -hmm. and then lady gang like we we love to batch work because my partner has a baby my other partner's getting married and so we'll be like okay Fridays you guys are coming over for Friday we're gonna work eight hours and like really batch work and that's the saving grace of like you have to be able to compartmentalize you can't do five different jobs all in the same hour do you know what I mean?
1: yeah and a lot of I mean a lot of people do try to do that and I've been trying to break out of that because you can never hit your flow like if you're trying to do do all of these tasks that require different parts of your brain in one block. Like you're just kind Mm -hmm. of fucking yourself up because you're trying to deal with numbers. You're dealing with invoicing. Then you're trying to write. Then you're trying to podcast. And like these are all different flow states that we can enter when we just like give ourselves a chunk to only dive deep on that. And it's such a good strategy.
0: Exactly. And like if you're someone like us who maybe isn't like a little like data crazy loves the invoicing part of it all I would put that on you know on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning because like that's when I'm my sharpest Mm -hmm. and like can run through the stuff that I hate and then you know I tend to get more creative as I get exhausted and more like out of it I'm the same the week. Yes. And like especially at night <laughs> yeah. like I'll have the best ideas like when I'm going to bed yeah. so it's kind of like scheduling that stuff and then you know I'm really lucky because I've been able to outsource a lot of the shit that I hate getting a great accountant Crucial. was like one of the best business decisions I ever made because when I'm owed money or I owe someone money I literally just forward the email I'm like can you pay this and like it's paid. Yeah, I'm like, thank God, because me and the routing numbers. Oh my God, no, it's going it to is kill me with these bank accounts. Not my
1: zone of genius. I need, I need to outsource. Not my shit. zone
0: of genius. Mm-mm.
1: Okay, our last question for you is one we love to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is one okay. thing that you wish you'd learned in school?
0: Oh my God, <sighs> I really strongly wish that I had learned. I I think money, investing, money, invoicing. I don't that there was like a business class, but when you get into business and at the end of the year, you're like, oh, I had to pay this tax for this thing and then needed this insurance for this thing. And this is what this is. And all of that stuff gets very overwhelming for me. Just general computing is that general computing I I didn't go to college so yeah like I I just like I have like a high school education here so I'm just like and I by the way I went to like performing arts high school so I was like ballet 15 I wasn't even like taking chemistry yeah so I really know nothing
1: no you're a born performer
0: (laughs) yeah right I'm like uh I'm gonna do Les Miserables (laughs) and uh good luck with math yeah
1: so oh my god
0: you know we look at all these people that have these huge podcasts or huge social media and you're like like, oh my God, look at, she's just in Miami at a party. I'm like, there's an entire team behind her yes. in Miami or doing her jobs for her because you can't like be doing brand deals and all this stuff without like a team yeah, 100%. or you're doing it yourself and you're going crazy. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, but I would say the other thing I wish I had learned in school is the art of negotiation Oh, good because one. that's something that I've gotten really good at over the years. And asking for what you deserve. I just recently had something where I got approached by a company and they were like, oh, we'd love you to be the spokesperson for this thing. And we want you to do it like this, whatever. And like, you know, at this point in my career, I'm like, okay, I can write a pitch. I turn it around. I'm like, well, what is this worth to me? It's worth this amount of money. What's it going to cost to produce? It's going to cost this amount of money. And then confidently like go back and be like, I need $120,000 to do this. And they're like, okay, great. Like, great. You know? And where normally I'd be like, I'll do it for $5 (laughs) and a free sweatshirt. Like getting really good at asking for what my time is worth Mm. and negotiating is also something like you get good at it over time, but man, it's like a learned skill. And if you don't have a great mentor, no one ever talks about money. And so you don't ever know what you're supposed to be asking and what you're worth and what your shows are worth. So I think it's, that's been really cool. And why I like to really work with a lot of women is because we're just very like, I'm just like, we have to help each other. We got to talk to each other. We got to talk about money and we got to help each other like be successful. Yes.
1: I love that. And we're all really unlearning kind of what society has taught us for a very long time, which is to like ask for less and like be small and all of these things and to apologize. Sorry.
0: I want to get paid for my job. Really sorry. sorry. I know it's so hard. It's so horrible that I want this to be a job where you pay me. Ah, sorry. Yes.
1: Oh my God. The first time I asked for like a, amount of money that felt scary for a project that I was doing I was petrified I was like this is insane there is absolutely no way but if they want you and they are already in negotiations with you the worst that will yeah. happen is they counter offer they already want you yeah. they are already invested this has been such a fun chat please tell everybody where they can follow you where they can find you where they can watch your kick-ass show, show. pimp yourself out.
0: thank you um you're Canadian right I sure am yeah the Superfan is crushing in Canada. Yes. I want to thank all the Canadians. We are averaging like 68% viewership over the normal primetime um, watcher. Wow. Like, it's, it is so crushing. So, Canada, we love you. Um, Superfan is on global TV Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Um, you can live tweet with me. I know it's like so embarrassing that it's Twitter, but um, live it was X. a decision made many years ago, but uh, yeah, X, Twitter, you can live tweet with me every Wednesday. Um, and you know, we, the, the show is a live vote. So you have to vote for your super fan and we have um, little big town coming up. We have Kelsey ballerini. I know Canadians love their country music. We have Pitbull coming. And then my Instagram is at Kelty and uh, my TikTok's at Kelty night and come on over and hang out.
1: Amazing. I'm so inspired. Thank you so much for your wisdom and insight and all of the cool things you're bringing into the world. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, we're going to... Us Canadians, gonna, eh? That's my
1: Canadian.
0: <laughs> that's my Canadian. Where you're like, sorry. I'm like, oh my God, you're love you. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. Amazing.
1: We hope this episode inspires you to swing big and pursue all of your passions because as we know from Ross, you can always pivot along the way. We'll leave you with a quote from Christopher Reeve. So many of our dreams at first seem impossible, then they seem improbable. And then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. That's what he said. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening.